You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click donate. Seeing the man free from his internalized oppression, the society around him refuses to get free from the same demons. When people get free of collective violence toward a marginalized sector of our society, whether in themselves, toward themselves, or within themselves, toward others, they're following the social truth within this gospel story. Welcome to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery. This is episode 345, and our title this week is A Cautionary Tale for Society. In Mark's gospel, we read a story that many find difficult today. It's in Mark 5, 1 through 9. Jesus and his disciples, it says, went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones." When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. The original audience of Mark's gospel would have recognized the the symbols and codes in this story. We're removed by by time and context, so so it's harder for, for us to follow it. But I believe this story is a symbolic portrait of Roman imperialism. Ched Myers notes in his commentary on Mark's gospel uh, that this story is a, a, a story of symbolic confrontation and, 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 and had specific political meaning. The name of the man Legion was the name of a division of Roman soldiers. This is in Meyer's book, Binding the Strong Man, page 191. The conclusion is irresistible that we are here encountering imagery meant to call to mind the Roman military occupation of Palestine. So, so this occupation was destroying the spirit or the independence, even the will of the people that Rome colonized here. And this story depicts what we refer to today as a person's own internalized oppression. As soon as Jesus arrives in this story, he's met with with immediate resistance. The ancient exorcism story is is full of uh, symbolic action. Oppression by by foreign rule appears as occupation by a foreign spirit. And and this man Jesus meets uh, was one, remember, whom no one could bind, and he cut himself with stones. Self-cutting in this context is a form of, of auto-lapidation. And lapidating is, is the act of, of pelting 
or uh, or killing someone with stones until uh, they die. And the Gospels typically attribute this activity to a crowd stoning uh, uh, someone and someone else, a, a crowd stoning an individual. Um, you can find it in Matthew 21, 35, 23, 37, Luke 20, verse 6, John 8, 7, and verse 59, and another, the last one in John 10, 31 and 33. Actually, there's one more in John 1, 8. So why would this man do this to himself? Well, in the Gospels, it is always the many or the majority, the, the privileged crowd that engages in this form of, of capital punishment. But this man has internalized this kind of violence towards himself. So this is a story where societal oppression leads someone to believe their oppressor's valuation of themselves. And that leads to, to self-hatred and here, self-destruction. Social violence becomes collective as members of that society choose someone they can come together against. They find unity in agreeing on who they are against. And victims of this violence, they can adopt their society's estimation of ourselves. And in our context this week, it can take many forms. Today, non-white people internalize white supremacy to survive. Women internalize the patriarchy, like going along just to get along. The poor and the working class people, they champion the cause of exploitive capitalists. LGBTQ people internalize the repulsion and bigotry of cis-heterosexist heteronormative society. Jesus arrives in the story as someone outside of this man's community coming to set him free from his own self-hatred. And this story doesn't end with this man's isolated experience, though. At verses 10 through 17 continues, uh, Legion uh, begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside and the people went out to see what had happened. Happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had, been, uh, who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. In this Hellenized, mostly Greek region, uh, it was Gentile, very few Jews, pigs were a farming commodity. Here the author zooms in to focus on the economic dimension of Jesus's politics. If the larger community embraces this man's liberation from internalized oppression, what will this mean for them? If they honestly estimate the Roman occupation, that'll change everything for them, including their economic structure. Economic change 
is emotionally unsettling, even when it's it's more distributively just, even when you're moving toward a more distributively just change. It's challenging what some people need for survival on one hand and what others have hoarded for security and anxiety management on the other hand. And Jesus began with restoring the man, but the story quickly redirects us to the man's surrounding society. His liberation, Jesus' liberation of the man from internalized oppression threatens the unity and the peace that the privileged society had found within Roman occupation. And Jesus turns their way of life, their stability on its head and forces them to see the man as a, a fellow human being like themselves. Jesus unobjectifies the man. He de-dehumanizes him. He undegrades him. And Jesus lifts this man up and returns him to a place of belonging in, in the humanity, in the side of a, a, a society that had found unity and coherence by purging him to the tombs. Jesus challenges the entire arrangement of this community, of this society. And the story doesn't end well. The people choose economic and political security over the liberation that Jesus pointed to. They cry, "Don't!" in essence, don't bite the hand that feeds us. Jesus and his liberation, it's not welcome with them. Just this week, I had the discussion with a neighbor of mine who was expressing their views about the upcoming election, and he admitted that the the present administration had economically benefited him and his business. At last, though, he said that even that even the economic benefit uh, that he had received was not enough for him. He felt he also had to consider the thousands upon thousands whom the administration had harmed. And he was choosing harm mitigation, and he planned to vote for for change in, in, in this November. My neighbor, he made the opposite decision to the privileged in in Mark's story. Seeing the man free from his internalized oppression, the society around him refuses to get free from the same demons. Until then, this man had become infected with the bigotry of his, his own society towards himself. He had allowed how his society defined him to become the way he defined himself as well. When people get free of collective violence toward a marginalized sector of our society, whether in themselves, toward themselves, or within themselves, toward others, they're following the social truth within this gospel story. And this is my story too. I'm a member of the kind of scapegoating society that this man lived in. But I have also seen the humanity of the ones that I once marginalized. And it's turned my world upside down. I wish I could claim some credit for this transformation, but I didn't go looking for it. Once it was laid at my doorstep, though, I did have to make a choice. And today... I simply want to bring others with me. Has it brought me some economic uncertainty, just like 
pigs rushing off into the into this the sea? Well, you bet. The the ministry that I direct has gone through huge economic shifts as our support base has changed, and I hope it will continue to recover. And too often, economic reasons drive us to reject positive changes, and this story is a cautionary tale for just such moments. What would happen if we saw those people that we have placed on society's altars as altars of sacrifice, as, as, as having just as much value and worth and right to be included as we have? Uh, though we're living within a, a very different world today than those for whom this story was written, our society, our political, economic, and even religious bigotries They're no different than those in this gospel story. This story calls us today to to once again see those whom we have labeled as different uh, or other, to see them as human, bearing the image of the divine just as we do. And Jesus calls us to embrace the reality that they are our siblings. We're part of the same human family, and they deserve a place at the table Two. Heart group application this week, we at Renewed Heart Ministries are continuing to ask all of our heart groups not to meet together physically at this time. Please stay virtually connected and practice physical distancing. And when you do go out, please keep a six foot distance between you and others. Wear a mask and, and continue washing your hands. Together, we can stop the spread of the virus or at least slow it down. This is also a time where we can practice, remember, the resource sharing and the mutual aid that's found in the Gospels. Make sure that others in your group have what they need right now. And this is a time to, to, to work together and prioritize protecting those that are most vulnerable uh, among us. So Heart Group this week, share something that spoke to you from this week's eSight or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, share an experience with your heart group of how you broke free from your own internalized dehumanization from how others viewed you or where you chose to reject your own dehumanization of someone else, of others. And then number three, as always, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone. Thanks for checking in with us today. Right where you are, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working towards justice. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week. 